This episode of News Dump is brought to you by Stamps.com. This week, Alex Jones was ordered to pay the families of some of the victims of the Sandy Hook massacre one of, if not the highest amount of damages that we have ever heard of. How much was it? Uh, nearly a billion dollars. Yeah! And everybody clapped. Anyone with a moral compass had a great time with this news. But it is a, a number that is so astronomically high that there's no way Jones could ever hope to pay it off but it could spell the end of his media empire. I, the first time around, what was it? Like a couple hundred mil, maybe 100 mil? Every settlement has been ridiculous because it's it's made to prove a point or made, sorry, the first one was high. This one, I was like, Pfft. okay. Yeah, there's, this, the intention is to ruin this guy's business and life, but when the numbers are so astronomically high that they're impossible, I, I don't know. I don't know what the process is going to be like, uh, but it doesn't sound very fun. I don't regardless. know if any of these people are ever going to see this money. But, no, uh, uh, their lives are already ruined. Yeah. Uh, anything outside of this would just be like a Band-Aid on a gigantic gaping wound. But at least they have the moral victory. Exactly. So a jury in Connecticut decided on Wednesday of this week that Jones should pay eight of the Sandy Hook families and one first responder a total of $965 million in compensatory damages. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> That's not even punitive damages. Uh, oh, so shit. Um, nearly a billion dollars will be owed to these families, and there are others who are still suing Jones. But the sad reality is that anyone coming at Jones will have to uh, accept that there's just no way that this repayment will ever be definitely not fully achieved, no. but even partly achieved. And the most likely scenario will be further legal battles as these families continuously, perpetually chase down Jones and whatever businesses he tries to open uh, for as long as he lives. And that's when Jones, that's when Alex Jones is at his, uh, at his peak, when he feels he is being persecuted and uh, yeah. chased. Uh-huh. But uh, still, uh, never being able to get a good night's rest uh, while thinking about how he has to pay these families for the irreparable harm he's done to them mentally, personally, yeah. financially. It's at least some sort of... But uh, uh, you know what, Ricky? Uh, a very smart woman uh, named M.I.A. who made a really good song a couple years back <laughs> called Paper Planes. Uh -huh. Probably recognize it. She had a couple things still to say. Still a bop. Uh, she, she offered an interesting opinion. She said that, well, if Alex Jones owes a billion dollars for lying about all these families, uh, how much money do all of the other celebrities who pushed uh, vaccines owe? We will get to uh, MIA in just, oh, okay. in just a second. But uh, yes, having to deal with perpetual lawsuits forever uh, to the tunes of tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, probably uh, and hopefully not going to make Jones's life very easy from here on out. I would imagine not. Uh -huh. But yeah, sounds like it should be miserable for Alex Jones either way. And it, it might make it harder for him to keep his various operations up and running. But as we've reported previously, Jones has already been hard at work trying anything that he can do to avoid becoming financially liable. That move has resulted in the assignment of additional independent oversight from the state bankruptcy courts. Uh, and as for the settlement itself, here's the New York Times. Alex Jones and InfoWars parent company, Free Speech Systems, must pay close to $1 billion to the family members of eight victims of the shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary and an FBI agent who responded to the scene of the 2012 massacre. The jury's decision divided the money among 15 plaintiffs, 14 relatives of eight Sandy Hook victims, and William Aldenberg, an FBI agent targeted by conspiracy theorists. The plaintiffs were awarded varying amounts by the jurors, who considered their testimony and other evidence 
evidence presented in court to gauge the damage done to their reputations, invasions of their privacy, and other factors. This case presented the greatest financial risk to Mr. Jones because he was found liable of violating Connecticut's Unfair Trade Practices Act by using lies about the shooting to sell products on Infowars. There is no cap on punitive damages under that law. No cap. Uh -huh. So how did Alex Jones take all this news? Well, have a look. 57 million, 20 million, 50 million, 80 million, 100 million, blah, blah. You get a million, you get 100 million, you get a 50 million. And guess what? We're not scared and we're not going away and we're not going to stop. And literally for hundreds of thousands of dollars, I can keep them in court for years. I can appeal this stuff. We can stand up against this travesty, against the billions of dollars they want. It's a joke. And yeah, he lays out his intentions pretty clearly here. These parents aren't going to get a single red cent from him, mm -hmm. at least in some part due to his claim that Infowars' parent company is somehow bankrupt, but also that everyone watching his show needs to send him some money ASAP, and he promises that it won't go to the families. Yeah, if you send somehow. Alex Jones money, if you buy these, these brain pills, no, he promises that none of it will go to It came families. out in this trial or one of the earlier ones that um, all of the cryptocurrency donations to Infowars go directly to a wallet solely controlled by Alex Jones. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> like, there's no there's no Infowars account. It just goes right to his fucking cash. But also, with. like, live reacting to your own court case, uh, you know, finding out the result of uh, financial damages to families that whose lives you have literally... I don't want to get into it again, but we should, uh, you know, because Alex Jones is a very comical figure to look at. But yeah. this guy literally ruined these people's lives. Right. Uh, he didn't kill the kids, as he said in very strange interviews with uh, uh, yeah. Channel 5. I don't apologize, I killed the kids. But And obviously he didn't do that. But what he did do was ruin the lives of the remaining family members. Yeah, this is their, horrific. Their young child is brutally murdered. And not only are they dealing with that, they're dealing with uh, fucking weirdos all over the country, harassing them, calling them, just never giving them a moment's peace mm -hmm. um, for years to at come. The, at the behest of a very loud, very yeah, annoying man. Because Alex Jones is directly telling these people that these people are crisis actors, yeah. they're government agents, they're trying to take your guns. These people are trying to so take your guns. The cherry on top of all of it is this guy on the show that perpetuated this stuff live reacting to the the verdict and the judgment and, and then being like yeah they're not getting shit yeah so yeah really dark really unapologetic shit from alex jones and instead of maybe taking a moment to understand the severity of the chaos and torment that he's caused dozens of people he's using it as a moment to go even further down his psychotic rabbit hole while bringing his remaining viewers with him for their part, an attorney for the victims was quoted saying, we are going to enforce this verdict as long as it takes because that is what justice requires. So, long road. And as we said before, Jones is still facing one more trial, <laughs> Jesus, related to Sandy Hook, and it's tentatively scheduled for later this year. But when closing out his broadcast on the day of the verdict, uh, this verdict, Jones ended his angry rant about not paying these families assent by also saying, we're not going away and we're not going to stop. Interesting strategy. We'll see how it plays out. But not to be outdone by the craziness of Alex Jones, uh, as Elliot, Elliot said, musical artist M.I.A. decided to chime in on I Twitter. I love M.I.A. What did she... <laughs> oh, what's M.I.A. <laughs> what's up to these days? Oh. Uh, she decided to chime in on Twitter and let everyone know exactly where she stands in the world of dangerous conspiracy peddling, tweeting the following. If Alex Jones pays for lying, shouldn't every celebrity pushing vaccines pay too? Honestly, I want her to actually... <laughs> she should hire a lawyer to 
Bring these cases yeah, to court. Yeah, I want to see it happen. I mean, this is wild. Imagine being a, a sort of celebrity at this point, and in October of 2022, you decide to publicly out yourself as anti-vax. But I know that she has in the past. Yeah, that's the thing. But she's, like reminding people She's of been it. so kind of irrelevant since her peak that, yeah, she's apparently been spewing anti-vax shit since the beginning of the pandemic. It's just... No one's... She hasn't looked. released music in like 10 years, and she's not really involved in public life so uh, yeah just not a lot of people paying much attention but for yeah. some reason this one really caught on but even recently looking back in her timeline like just last month we got a little taste of what was to come because MIA was tweeting literal Pizzagate conspiracies oh, in September come on what is this 2017 exactly catch up uh, friendly reminder the song Paper Planes is literally just a loop of the beginning of a song by The Clash so yeah there you go straight to hell I believe mm -hmm. the song um, yeah she, uh, it's a sample guys just play that the first five seconds or so on repeat and put a cash register in there and you are good to go but speaking of music should we talk about mm, Blink-182 or Kanye West um I'd like a blink 182 break all right, all right before, let's... let me let me get dessert before dinner yeah <laughs> we'll keep things light for now and talk about blink 182 who are back for real this time with the original lineup get out means... here Matt Skiba <laughs> <laughs> get back to alkaline trio with yeah. you we're done with you uh, so the, it's the original lineup and that means of course that famed UFO researcher the man who blew the lid off the unidentified aerial phenomenon sightings being collected by the U.S. government. A man who usurped their power by releasing it early without permission, apparently. Y yeah. Uh, and the guy who sings the I'm so sorry. That guy. He's back. That's Tom DeLonge, baby. How yeah. can you do that song without Tom DeLonge? You, you pretty much need Tom DeLonge and no one else. You need... Someone from a very specific part of San Diego County who was uh, exactly 17 years old in the year uh, 1988. Mm -hmm. Or else it just feels fake. Exactly. So yes, founding member Tom DeLonge has re rejoined Blink-182. All it took was a life-threatening cancer scare and his one of his former best friends... Oh, yeah. Uh, he... He's the only member of Blink-182 that hasn't had a near-death experience. Yeah, Travis had that uh, terrible uh, plane, plane crash. crash. We don't know if Tom DeLonge hasn't had a near-death experience. He might have been actually abducted by aliens. Yeah, alien. we don't know. We don't know. But it is uh, very weird that he's the only one that hasn't had uh, a near-death experience. Knock on wood. Yeah, I mean. exactly. But didn't... I'm not, uh, I'm not totally... Uh, didn't he rejoin the band for, like, a minute like five six years ago and then they were like uh, actually we don't really get along i don't with Tom i don't know it might have been a rumor or something yeah, like that. anyways uh yes uh they are hitting the road next year and with turnstile as their opening act no less they're playing at that when we were young festival that is uh they get even the, they, okay, so it's warped tour from like 2003 they, the, the graphic even the whoever did the graphic Idiot. design on it, it yeah but it looks it's perfect it yeah. looks like a Pop Punk Flyer from 2003. It they looks, nailed it. It literally looks like a compilation CD artwork from Hot Topic. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's awesome. But as for their solo tour, uh, Turnstile is the opening act. Turnstile is... That's an interesting combination. Uh, well, I mean, they're the coolest new band. Yeah. So, uh, and they're not new. They're like, they're, it's just that they've gotten big in the past year off of uh, an incredible album. I saw them live. Oh, they yeah, were, that's right. You were at a fest. They were pretty sick. I had yeah. never even like listened to them before, but I was like, oh, this is interesting. They're kind of mm. just doing whatever the hell they want. It's awesome that they're opening for Blink. I think they did a couple dates on the My Chemical Romance tour too. So that it, it's just, it's awesome. Blink should go all the way and get knocked loose on, I think that would be, uh, although people would 
definitely get hurt, but whatever. Good. The kids need to learn. Yeah. And by the time this video is up, they should have a brand new song out, and the song is called Edging, because they obviously watch this Sir, show. Sir, you guys are 45. Yeah, and they, wa they watch this show. We talk about it all the time. And while it will be very funny to see kids dropping their parents off at a punk rock show... Don't do anything I wouldn't do. It is going to cost you. Oh, no. That's right. Just oh, like no. every other major or minor tour in America, the Blink-182 reunion tour is already pissing off fans young and old by utilizing a variable pricing model through Live Nation and Ticketmaster, where the ticket price for the show can skyrocket to insane amounts because the Live Nation algorithm decides that there is ample demand. And in some cases, fans are reporting ticket prices uh, well over $500 per Fuck ticket. out of here, no. And in some cases, tickets have gone as high as $1,300 for one ticket. Don't do it. Yeah, which is, it's, it's, it's insane, and it is unrealistic, but it also resulted in this meme where Adam Levine reacts to the pricing. Holy fuck. Holy fucking fuck. Those ticket prices of yours are absurd. Yeah, it's uh, like any band that I like that has achieved that sort of mainstream success, I'm just like, well, I'm never going to see them again. Once they, it even sucks. Golden Voice venues are like, once they leave like the 800 to 1200 cap, yeah. Venue, that, it becomes a real issue. Like, I, I, I mean, festivals are the only place I'm ever going to see bands like that, and I don't necessarily love going to festivals. It's kind of a giant pain in the ass, but it's like... It's a huge hassle getting in and out. It's a giant hassle. It's expensive. Um, yeah. But yeah, other than like seeing big-name bands at festivals, like yeah, the only shows I'm going to are shows before bands get big. And it's like, well, at least I can say I saw them. Anyway, now it's... We've, we've put it off long enough. It's, it's time now for an update on... Mr. Ye, Kanye West, who is in the midst of seemingly just intentionally torpedoing whatever shred of goodwill he had left in his career and making fans question his entire discography. Well, obviously not the first five albums. And at least listen to it with a, a new uh, subtext to everything. Hmm. Every, every statement he makes, it gets uh, one album closer to the beginning where I can only listen to that, like College Dropout or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh man, I'm... Kind of getting close to, uh, like, Yeezus is already done. Can't listen to it. It's getting I mean, really close to my the, beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which is main, a masterpiece. The main one on Yeezus I liked was Black Skinhead, and now that title doesn't alone, make sense. I'm just, I'm just like, well, hmm. It was ironic before. Yeah, now what it's not. What is it now? <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, the first five Kanye albums. Kind of untouchable. Still, I think, untouchable. But uh, <laughs> as, as we said yesterday, getting banned from social media platforms did little to slow Kanye's continuing descent into self-imposed madness. And he was invited onto LeBron James's podcast, The Shop, so that he could freely explain himself, only to have that podcast be deleted from existence for alleged hate speech. Yeah, this, this is, we, we can't, can't air this. <laughs> so this is, yeah, we referenced this yesterday. It appeared just before we filmed that video, but here's the info on what went down from ABC News. Kanye West's upcoming appearance on HBO's The Shop, Uninterrupted, will no longer air, according to the CEO of the company that produces the series. West, who changed his name to Ye, filmed an episode of the show this week. Quote, Kanye was booked weeks ago, and after talking to Kanye directly the day before we taped, I believed he was capable of a respectful discussion, and he was ready to address all his recent comments, Spring Hill CEO Maverick Carter said in a statement to ESPN's Anscape. Unfortunately, he used the shop to reiterate more hate speech and extremely dangerous stereotypes. I take full responsibility for believing Kanye wanted a different conversation and apologize to our guests and crew. Hate speech should never have an audience, Carter added. 
I do think it's funny how uh, the article is like, he goes by Ye now, but like literally no one. Everyone just still calls him Kanye. It's just like a, pre- <laughs> you, you have to say it once just to be like, all right, we've acknowledged. Yeah. But we're going to, you, you got, y'all got to stop dead naming Kanye. He has, uh, he's Ye now. Mm-hmm. Or Ye, I don't know. Anyway, this also comes alongside reports from a former TMZ staffer who claims that during a visit to the TMZ studio back in 2018, West said that he, quote, loved Hitler and Nazis. Oh, I remember this. Yeah, this was apparently during the same notorious visit to the outlet where um, Connie just sort of showed up and uh, he shouted about slavery being a choice. This yeah. was right around the time he, like, first expressed his uh, support for Donald Trump. And yep. People were like, what's going on? He, was yeah, going, they... he seemed to be going through another manic episode. He uh, was which... Just... Yeah, it, it was a weird time. Kanye also showed up at like um, some art college randomly. Yeah, like, and like the, had a discussion like with the, everyone the on fashion, top of a table. The yeah. fashion department, he jumped on a table. And uh, this was also around the time Elon Musk first started having the public turn on him over that submarine thing. And he was like ranting and he's like, leave Elon Musk alone. <laughs> so yeah, he, he busted it on TMZ. I'm telling it's the Kardashians, dude. Fucking every man. They jump on tables. Every single man who's been through that family, they come out, their head's not right. We gotta, you know, keep Pete Davidson safe. So, something in that tanning oil. He wasn't there for too long, though. So he might have got Machine Gun Kelly though jumped on a table and did a little dance. Remember? Was that before or after Chloe? I don't care. Well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the former TMZ staffer said that the quote about Hitler and Nazis was removed from the interview before it aired. Probably good, but that it had, it had obviously caused quite an uproar in the office. I'm surprised they kept it under wraps this long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if that weren't enough, Vice also got access to the extended cut of Kanye's interview with Tucker Carlson, which aired on Fox News last week because apparently someone at Fox is just like, fuck this. Who wants to see this shit? It gets so much crazier than you think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the full interview featured quotes that were cut from the broadcast in which he continued to just just keep on bringing up Jewish people. Why all Around sudden, any topic, strange. Uh, talked about his newfound obsession with uh, black Israelites uh, and also how someone was placing fake children in his house to somehow sexualize his kids. Not sure that actually happened, Kanye. Mm. Um, he also, they cut out the part where he says, I'm vaccinated. Oh, they didn't want that okay. on there either. And he also, he said, I think I'm going to be the first Latino president. Yes, that was another um, one that does like, which, okay. I don't think he clarified what the fuck he meant by that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there's some pretty wild shit. He's like, I don't want my kids celebrating Kwanzaa. I want them celebrating uh, Passover so they learn about money. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Yeah, this is like, um, it feels like he's doing a, I, I can't remember the term. I'm, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. But like, where you like sprinkle in a bunch of stuff that's so absurd. He's fire hosing. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you, so that way you can like refute the other stuff later on down the line. Yeah, he's, he's fire hosing. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's, a, it's a great tactic. You just throw out so much bullshit that they're overwhelmed. Yeah. They uh, can only address some Okay, of it. well, yeah, this guy's obviously nuts. But uh, yeah, anyway, when your ramblings are too out there for Tucker Carlson or Fox News, well, that might that, be a clear... that might be a moment to reflect. <laughs> this is a learning moment. But uh, hey, we do have more news for you in just a second. But first, let's take a moment to thank today's sponsor, Stamps.com. The holiday season, it always has a way of sneaking up on us. And if you're like the other millions of people out there, you probably wish you had more time to prepare for the holidays so you could spend more time enjoying them. And if you're a small business owner, you know how important it is to be ready for the insane holiday season. If you haven't started preparing for the chaos of holiday mailing and shipping, you're already falling behind. Luckily, Stamps.com has everything you need to make your life a whole lot easier. It's the 
24-7 post office that you can access from anywhere. No lines, no traffic, no hassle. With Stamps.com, you can skip the trip and never waste another dollar or minute. Stamps.com lets you print official postage right from your computer so you can spend less time at the post office and more time running that business of yours. Stamps.com saves you time, money, and stress. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. And with inflation on the rise, every dollar counts. Protect those margins with major discounts on USPS and UPS rates with up to 86% off. Use Stamps.com to print postage wherever you do business. All you need is a computer and a printer, and if you need a package pickup, you can easily schedule it through your Stamps.com dashboard. By the way, if you run an online store, Stamps.com works seamlessly with all the major shopping carts and marketplaces. So get ahead of the holiday chaos this year and get started with Stamps.com today. Sign up with promo code NEWSDUMP for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code NEWSDUMP. That is Stamps.com with code NEWSDUMP for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a digital scale. All right, now back into the news and... Trump's had quite a week, hasn't he? Has he? We'll uh, definitely get to the, the big <laughs> subpoena thing that uh, he's going to ignore. But first, we'll have to make you aware of what is possibly the biggest big brain business move <laughs> that Trump has ever done. I love this. I love this. He has once again fed directly into the American psyche. I mean, everybody loves a sequel, right, folks? Mm -hmm. Especially if that sequel has a really cool and original name and can also help you avoid criminal and financial penalties related to certain fraud charges that you may be guilty of. Meet Trump 2, the sequel. I'm Trump 2. You must, me, you must have me confused with some other Trump, because I'm clearly Trump 2. It's me, Daniel Trump. Uh, yeah, so Trump 2. It's, it's the sequel to Trump, and yeah. it's probably better. A perfectly distinct Trump. Yeah, obviously Trump... Legally speaking, especially. Trump 2 didn't commit any of these crimes. That would be ridiculous. And while this definitely sounds ridiculous, that's pretty much what's happened as Trump desperately tries to evade responsibility for years of bad business dealings in New York. Uh, here's more on this from Reuters. New York State Attorney General Letitia James said on Thursday that Donald Trump's family company created a new entity, Trump Organization 2, LLC. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. He really did it. He really did number two. The best deals. Yeah. Uh, in a possible attempt to offload assets before her civil fraud case against the former U.S. president and his family company goes to trial. Trump Organization 2 was registered <laughs> in New York State on September 21st, the same day James accused the Trump Organization, Trump, and three of his adult children of overvaluing their real estate assets and Trump's net worth. What happens, Stance? Hmm. James is urging a New York State court in Manhattan to appoint an independent monitor to oversee the company to make sure that the Trump Organization does not dispose of assets without court approval and provides honest, clear financial statements to third parties. I'm sure that'll happen. Quote, since we filed this sweeping lawsuit last month, Donald Trump and the Trump Organization have continued those same fraudulent practices and taken measures to evade responsibility, James said in a statement. <laughs> Sorry, no one here. There hasn't been a Trump Organization here in a long time. You know, you might be thinking of Trump Organization 2. <laughs> of course, that's a completely distinct <laughs> legal entity. So, As I, proven I by the separate door. Yes. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you got to hand it to him. Uh, creating what is essentially a shell company whose sole purpose seems to be shielding assets from a criminal case and then naming it Trump Org 2. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's... He didn't even try. He probably thought he was so clever. 
Anyways, next up, we have some new information related to the FBI search of Trump's South Florida home, Mar-a-Lago. Apparently, an employee of the former president has now told federal agents that Trump instructed them to move boxes full of evidence while the Bureau was attempting to obtain documents that went missing from the White House. Was it like uh, the Scooby-Doo hallway where like the, the federal agents are going between the rooms and then the staffer with the box is slipping out? And You're going to have a tough time letting... looking for documents in there. I got as many doors as I got companies. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a lot of companies. Door City over here. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Nailed it. Anyways, here's, here's the Washington Post with more on this and what it means going forward. A Trump employee has told federal agents about moving boxes of documents at Mar-a-Lago at the specific direction of the former president, according to people familiar with the investigation, who say the witness account, combined with security camera footage, offers key evidence of Donald Trump's behavior as investigators sought the return of classified material. The people familiar with the investigation said agents have gathered witness accounts indicating that after Trump advisors received a subpoena in May for any classified documents that remained at Mar-a-Lago, Trump told people to move boxes to his residence at the property. That description of events was corroborated by the security camera footage. The employee who is working at Mar-a-Lago is cooperating with the Justice Department and has been interviewed multiple times by federal agents, according to people familiar with the situation, who declined to identify the worker. So yeah, we've got Trump's financial crimes in New York, the investigation into highly classified stolen government documents scattered around his home. All that's left now is his direct involvement in the January 6th insurrection on the United States Capitol. I mean, we've already been over this so much, how could there possibly be any news about January 6th? Yeah. But uh-oh, on Thursday of this week, we got to see what is almost certainly the last public committee hearing related to Donald Trump's involvement in the Capitol riots. There was new evidence entered into the record, including text messages from members of the Secret Service, which showed that they were aware of potential threats to officials, including Mike Pence, and showed off never-before-seen footage of politicians and what they were going through during the attack. At the end of the hearing, the committee voted to subpoena Trump, and that vote was successful. Ding, ding. Mm -hmm. Though that means little in Trump world, since he can and almost certainly will just ignore the subpoena and whatever legal consequences arrive from that. Uh, he ignored the request for those boxes for almost two whole years. Yeah, there's no way he is like, yeah, sure, subpoena, let's go. You're going to have to send the whole FBI down here to hey. bring me there in cuffs. He, I mean, we just went through this in the New York case where he pled the fifth. Yeah. So it's just not, it's, it's not going to happen. And, and honestly, there's no precedent for the consequences because it's, this is literally unprecedented. So I mean, uh, the man is so short on lawyers these days that he might have a lawyer dumb enough to say, Mr. President, this is, this is your turn to set the record straight. I mean, Steve Bannon didn't go to his, yeah. the precedent has been set by people that are less important than a president. So nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And this is just. It'd be really funny if something did happen. Yeah. That would be really funny. Yeah. But at this point, we're not sure that Trump is too worried about being held in contempt here. Um, just probably not even on his radar at this point, considering everything else that's mounting against him. As for the January 6th committee, well, I mean, it has no legal grounds to do anything except try and convince the American public that Donald Trump nearly destroyed democracy. And we are very aware at how well that's going. I mean, there's maybe a few people out there who are going to be convinced by all of these hearings and change their affinity to this guy. But it's unlikely that it'll have any further effect on Trump's base if it hasn't already. I don't know. This is all like, it's always weird when people's, uh, when the light bulb goes off. I don't think it's too many people. But I recently learned that a, a friend of mine who I haven't seen in a long time uh, was apparently a big Trump fan until the moment that he walked out 
with the Bible in the middle of uh, mm. the protest. And then he's like, I'm fucking done with this guy. Hmm. So messed up. And it's like, that was your breaking point? Okay. Yeah, I feel like I've had conversations <laughs> with, you know, conservative family, and I feel like at least one or two have had points similar. Not the same, like, but similar. What a random... Yeah, like... where it's like a really weird, like, uh, tip, a lot of the times based in finally having some morals related to their religion. Yeah. And then, uh, and then being like, that was the straw, because then they can have a way to fall back in case anything does actually happen. It's right. crazy to be like, oh, I was done with him, you know, when uh, yeah. he banned all Muslims. Yeah, right at the beginning, I actually said that... Uh, you know. Well, also, it's like they don't want to. You can't just come out and say I was wrong. I'm an idiot. You have to have. You got to find a good reason, a believable one. Yes. Everyone that supported Trump should have to write book reports yeah. on uh, why they don't support him anymore. Yeah, I'd be. I would be interested in reading those book reports. Yeah. Well, uh, the committee, they that committee that is basically toothless, uh, will actually submit a final report based on their findings over the past year, and they say that it'll most likely drop in late November or in early December after the midterms. Um, again, it, it will be interesting to read, but given the track record of all of this, including the two impeachments, it is unlikely that Trump will see any. He's Teflon Don. Uh, it, it is extremely frustrating, but that's it. We should probably codify some of these norms. Yes. I love my norms. Mm -hmm. Moving on now, though, we have another fun one related to cryptocurrency this week, because it appears as though the greatest, most notable rug pull ever has occurred, as cable news giant CNN has uh, quietly discontinued their very <laughs> stupid, just destined-to-fail NFT project, Vault by CNN. And it's like it's not like they did it for money reasons. They're just like, oh. Are we, how long? How long are we really gonna keep doing this? Well, yeah, I mean, it's literally people's jobs to keep it, yeah. uh, you know, maintained, and it's like shut well, it down. People, the idiots already bought the the stuff they were gonna buy. No one's buying anything else. Just shut it down. We're CNN. We paid Casey Neistat a million dollars to do literally nothing. So Is we know all about beam? losing money. Beam? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Vault by CNN was pitched as a marketplace where users could literally own a piece of history by purchasing a non-fungible version of classic CNN moments like the 2020 election, the launch of the first space shuttle, screenshots of their coverage of coronavirus, and letters from people suffering through the war in Ukraine. Fun. Yeah. Anyway, would you believe that this venture into Web3 was a complete and total flop? Well, you're right, again. Yeah. <laughs> and now CNN is giving up on the marketplace entirely, resulting in the few active members who wasted money on this crap calling this move the ultimate rug pull. Is it, though? Here's The Verge with more. <laughs> On Monday afternoon, as pointed out by Parker Malloy, CNN ended its big Web3 project by announcing, we have decided that it's time to say goodbye to The Vault by CNN. I love the it's time to say goodbye like it hasn't only been around for a year. We're putting The Vault back in The Vault. Mm -hmm. In a Discord channel for the service, another message informed owners that while The Vault website will undergo changes, it will remain available for them to view their collections and use its marketplace. Cool. Reactions from the community included shock, disappointment, and a few posters saying they plan to contact their lawyers while accusing CNN of a rug pull. In the Discord, CNN said it plans to compensate the thousands of collectors who joined us in this experiment with distributions based on the purchase price of each wallet's NFT as captured on October 6th. I mean, I guess good for them for giving something back to the people who were scammed, but now they're not going to learn anything from their mistakes. Yeah. You know, you can buy old newspapers on, like, eBay. It's actually really cool. You yeah. can, get, you can be, get, like, a real newspaper of, like, man lands on the moon, Kennedy shot. And they're generally not that expensive because newspaper distribution used to be fucking massive and hoarders used to save that shit and, in their garage. you know, in theory, you could be a part of uh, actually keeping history 
alive because you own a physical copy yeah. of, of reporting of something that happened. I have a copy of the LA Times from the day I was born, annotated by my grandma. Aww. It's fucking fascinating. Yeah. Um, she, her opinions were a, a bit backwards on some things, but uh, it's fascinating because, yeah, she's just writing in the margins like, I don't know. Uh, uh, the blacks. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Graham. She was from the South. Yeah. Anyways, before we let you go today, an update to a story that we literally just reported on yesterday regarding Mark Zuckerberg's fancy new legs. Legs are here, folks. Legs are coming. Are you excited about you, these legs? You asked. We look, delivered. Look at these gams. <laughs> Come on, Mark. Show them those legs. <laughs> show them what you can do with those legs. I'm walking all around this place. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. I'm in the metaverse. I'm walking here. <laughs> Folks, the legs were a lie. The legs Wait, were a lie. The legs that I got so excited about a second ago aren't real? Not just the legs, Elliot. The feet are a lie, too. What? Yeah. I love feet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The big reveal of feet and legs. What if they had been? Feet are coming to the metaverse. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> also, also legs to connect those feet to the body and furry costumes. Yeah. You can import your furry outfit. Uh, yeah, if they just focused on weird fetishes, it would grow. It would grow it more organically than it currently is. Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh, the big reveal of feet and legs in Facebook's metaverse was a complete fabrication. I can't believe this. Done in post production. What? Earlier this week, Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg took to the stage to demonstrate that having spent billions of dollars to create a virtual reality universe, Horizon Worlds, that looked like it was from 2004, his company was working on improving that universe to make it look like it was from 2009 instead. <laughs> Integral to this update was the fact that avatars would no longer be mere floating torsos, but would soon have legs. While the updates expecting to bring full body avatars aren't expected until 2023, Zuckerberg was clearly seen jumping around in the video, giving everyone an early look at the tech. Or was he? <laughs> in this case, the video Meta showed off was made with some help. As Upload VR's Ian Hamilton has since reported, Meta has issued a follow-up statement which says, To enable this preview of what's to come, the segment featured animations created from motion capture. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, the, people pointed out some comments from videos this week, so I wanted to highlight some because... Uh, there was some good stuff. We never talk about the comments in the show. I don't like to acknowledge it. I don't, I, in some cases, not people good. Say, people say, it's mostly people saying very nice things. It truly is, but we don't want to like make a, a an environment where you're trying to say, yeah. like where you're trying to be funny. I don't want Because our, then it's not funny. I don't want our comment section to be like internet comment etiquettes. God love Eric and his show, but I do not want people, that comment yeah, section. Yeah, they write <laughs> things very specifically to get noticed. So not there's not going to be a weekly thing. Yeah. I was just like, this week we got some uh, people were talking about the comments in the Discord and got on Twitter. Got some dingers. Yeah, so uh, uh, these are the, some of the ones that got uh, the most upvotes. So, see, there is like a community voting thing like Reddit. So yeah. people, this there's a filter. Our audience is the filter by which we can see these comments float. So it's up to you. So regarding the Stinky Rudy Weekly Weird News video, Riki Maru LDR said, I love the first two minutes of this because my mother used to tell me she likes him for all the stuff he did back in the day. Now I tell her things like, yeah, the guy's skin was melting on camera. Let me show you the video. <laughs> It's a great future we're living in. There he is. On the Kanye band video, Will Engel said, Kanye has been saying for years that he's this generation's Walt Disney, and then suddenly he comes out as anti-Semitic. Maybe he really is playing 4D chess. He's uh, following all the steps. Yeah. On the Six Degrees of Elon Musk video, John G said, 
Just in a full year incarcerated, and I'm thankful to have y'all's videos to help me get readjusted to the free world. Miss you, boys. Well, welcome back. Yeah, welcome to the free back. World. And I'm sorry things are as bad as they are out here. I hope whatever you were in for, uh, I hope you were. I hope you learned your lesson. But also, uh, if you're in for something Rehabilitate. stupid, yeah. If you're in for something stupid, then that's I mean, also bad. considering a, a one-year sentence, it was, <laughs> it was probably, probably pretty, some pretty bad. probably some semi-dumb bullshit. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I mean, this is a very punitive country. You do anything even slightly violent, they put you away for a long time. We're so. just happy to be, uh, you know, a nice, comfortable, warm pillow for everyone online to cuddle up to. Yeah. They should play our videos in prison. <laughs> <laughs> Who do we contact about getting that ha to happen? <laughs> Call up the Federal Bureau of Prisons. Hey. I did. I once worked for a uh, production company that got like a, a, a national distribution deal with McDonald's to play like interviews and short documentary things in McDonald's locations. Yeah. There's got to be. It's like it's like how Scott Mance. There's at, like probably at a prison network. Pump. Yeah. Yeah. How do you get on the the Arco gas pump? I'm sure it's like this. Dude, same... him and uh, what's her name? Uh, the the lady where they used to be the schmoes at her house. Oh, Maria Menounos. She's always on the gas station. Maria Menounos, yeah. She's in, like, you go to the bathroom at, at a bar, and she's in the toilet. Yeah. Like, hey, Maria Menounos. <laughs> We're talking about pop culture. Yeah. What do you guys want to know about? <laughs> but yeah, let's let's get our videos playing in prisons. Yeah, I think that's a great If anyone idea. Has, uh, knows <laughs> has any connections about that, let's do it. All right. Uh, well, that's the end of the video. Maybe the end of the channel after requesting that we be played in prisons. But in the meantime, uh, please watch our most recent videos. We have the six degrees of Elon Musk, the most nightmare blunt rotation you could ever imagine. <laughs> the worst. In, the, in, the, in that previous video. And then we have a, a, if you need more context on what's going on with Kanye, uh, and for some reason, if you haven't already seen the wrap-up, the post-mortem on TwitchCon, uh, you can check out a video that we have from earlier in the week over there. Both those videos available by clicking here or by going to the channel, clicking the subscribe button, leaving a funny comment, but not a mean comment, and also, uh, you know, subscribing to the channel, liking the video, clicking the join button. You know what to do. In the meantime, uh, have a, a wonderful fin de semana. Have a blessed day. Mm -hmm. Bye.